This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. The following episode of TOEFOP is rated M.A. It may contain Batman references, time travel references, sexual references, lost trains of thought, and mild course language. TOEFOP advises that the program is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who enjoys succinct, coherent conversation that might actually have a point. Minors must be accompanied by a parent, guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. This is Topop. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. And this is, uh, we're doing two in a row, which we haven't done in a while. It's exhausting. I mean, we've had a lot of missteps. Yeah. It's fair to say. In Danny Glover's words, we're getting too old for this shit. Yeah, exactly. In fact, we started the last podcast by telling people about all the things that went wrong before the podcast <laughs> and only got to one of them, I think, before we got distracted. So anyway, a, <laughs> serious, a serious things happened. The dogs fought each other and there was a hailstorm. We mentioned that. And then we took about 400 years to read some ads for philosophy. It was, it's, it's look, we've oh, that- struggled. That reminds me, we have to read some Patreon letters at the end of this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's still not over. <laughs> Good to have this on air, maybe. <laughs> um, but we come prepared with content this time, so we don't have to use our brains as much because Good. a guy with a very big brain contacted Adam me. Spencer. Uh, no, he Dr. does Carl have a big brain. Dr. No, no, um, no. A guy that we've both had on our shows, that we have both been on his show. Um, we have both been on his show. Mm. Okay, Josh Earl. Josh Earl. Don't you know who I am, Josh? His Earl. name rhymes with. <laughs> uh, what does what does his name rhyme with? Please tell me um, what, what exactly what real words does his name rhyme with? Uh, if you asked a Swedish girl, yeah, uh-huh. at a grunge concert, yeah, if she wanted to dance, yeah. you might to say, "Mosh, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> but what would I say after that? The name sounds like Moshia. Yeah, but what does the last name sound like? Oh, <laughs> what do you oh, say? Uh, what, oh, yeah. what do you after you ask uh, this girl to Moshia and she's like, yeah, you say uh, um, Okay. I'm gonna invite her to see an alternative band playing in the suburbs. Yeah. <laughs> I say Moshia in Burbs? <laughs> yeah, no, right, okay. So, Mark Maron. <laughs> Osher Ginsberg. Yes. Uh, co-host of uh, a little pod I've heard about Dad called pod. Dad Pod. Dad really pod. good stuff. Burning Just, up the charts. If you want to hear a couple of bloody old bloody dads. Talking about Talking dad about and... being bloody, exploiting their bloody children for profit. Uh, so, he sent me a text today and he said, Hey man, just listen to your sad Charlie episode of Tofop, which is the one where I talked about around the twist. I have exactly the same audition story and it brought back horrible memories. Exactly the same? So I clarified and he said, yes, I feel your pain. So I'm like, no way, we're recording tonight. If you have time, Miss Arvo, can you write it down for me so I can read it out on the show? And then he sent me a photo of him trying to install a baby seat, which most dads will know is a fucking pain in the ass. So I thought maybe it wasn't going to happen. Happy to say Osher Ginsberg has come through 
And so we will hear his story. Moshe in, Inzberbs. Osh, Osh Inzberbs. No. <laughs> Moshe Inzberbs. Moshe Inzberbs. <laughs> Moshe Inzberbs. <clears throat> Audition story. I actually write about this in my book. Ah, oh, yeah, Osher, you're so good at sell. See, this is, we need yeah. Osher on this show to yeah. sell stuff for us. Well, exactly. Can you mention some of our pro- <laughs> products that we have? James, you know what? This reminds me of James Fosdyke's Red Bubble page. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he begins. I've read his book. Do you remember this story? I provided a quote for his book right. when I hadn't read most. As in, to read it. It's $1,000 for me to read it. <laughs> Um, I said, sorry, but I'm busy reading the latest from Moshe Inzverbs. <laughs> Moshe. <laughs> Moshe Inzverbs. Inzverbs. Moshe Inzverbs. And so I, um, no, I provided a quote for the cover of the book. Right. But I had not at the time read the entire book. I just read an excerpt of it. And then so one day I was like, I want to read the whole book. And so I bought the book at like a news agency at the airport and then I sat on a plane and I read the book. But I realized as I was reading the book, the front cover was like a quote from me about how you should read the book. But I was there. It was like I'd either been really convinced by my own line or it was all a line. Anyway. Miss Anderson sounds trustworthy. Oh, give it a shot. (laughs) Okay, he begins. The USQ audition was held at the Queensland Performing Arts Centre right on the river. I was instructed to arrive at a certain time to the stage door and I walked through the large green room that the orchestra used to see what looked like one of those big rooms that Bond villains train their armies in. Mm. You know, a whole room of people all dressed in leotards and dancewear, (laughs) all doing stretches and leaps and limbering up and me in my Canterbury rugby shorts and a t-shirt. Right. So, so far this checks out. That's exactly... So far it's almost exactly the same story. Yeah, exactly what I felt. Walked into a big scout hall and there was just like talent school kids just doing backflips. I mean, so far I'm starting to suspect that that, that this is what the people do at the audition. They invite one. You know that idea of being a teacher where you like kill one to control the rest. The first person who pipes up, you've got to shut them down hard. Yeah, yeah. So you bring one. So they bring in one. It's like dinner for idiots. (laughs) Basically, they've got all these performing arts kids and they invite one local idiot kid in just to see. Hey, should do a Pam Ayers poll. Because I can't remember who gave me that advice, but maybe it was like a Slugworth type. Who's like, hey, kid, I heard you got an audition for Around the Twist. Why don't you read one of these scintillating Pam Ayers poems? It's sure to go down the He's just in the, the corner treat. of a, like a cafe that you're at, just chuckling at a book of the best of Pam Ayers. <laughs> and you just, it's like all subliminal. They're like, they're now you see it style, inserting the idea into your mind. Yeah. <laughs> or do you think it's more like one of those anti, like uh, uh, unethical experiments from the 50s where it's oh, yeah. like, they're just monitoring. The how does a child, how does a child respond yeah. to extreme humiliation? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, they got a fun- government happens, funding. What happens if you put, yeah, a ch- an untrained child in this professional environment, but we needed to do it in each state to get a, a good read on this. I never felt so, I felt so completely out of place. There was a movement requirement as part of the audition. The, addition, sungl- the sunglasses, people. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, accessories yeah. and uh, watches. Uh, in addition to compulsory monologue and one of my own selection. Okay, so again, that checks out. Okay, t- run me through what you were going to do again. So there was, there, was mo- there was a movement requirement as part yeah. of the audition. So okay. some kind of yeah. like, you know. What did you do for movement? Well, the movement we did was just a warm-up. Hmm. So I can't remember exactly, but I do remember at one stage when I felt my most out of my depth. It was like they did this thing, you know, like in drama games, they want you to kind of like get out of your shell and yeah. 
So, you know, you get very physical and raise your voice and all that kind of stuff. And it, I just remember... That stuff terrifies me. Yeah. It's why I could never be an actor, all that sort of group participation and stuff. And you just got to let go. Just, yeah, so I remember no what we had to do was there was, were, there was two lines at either end of the scout hall and we would sort of march towards each other, like oh. making a noise, like, ha, 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 oh, and then as we got closer, oh, get louder and louder and like make eye contact. And the idea is you do that three or four times, so you just get all that kind of nervous energy out and you've yelled and screamed and looked everyone in the eye and stuff. That was the plan, but it just, it was so intimidating. They might as well have done the haka. I could have been in front of the All Blacks doing the haka, and it wouldn't have been as intimidating as that. Um, d- can I ask, yeah. do you ever do group fitness classes, like those ones where they have that I've sort done of- one... When I was visiting a friend in London, I did a group boxing class. Because it always reminds... Every time I walk past one of those... PE like, class. Yeah, you know, or those 12-step gyms or whatever, where everyone's doing like, you know, mm. F45 or whatever. Like, it always feels to me just... I'm like, oh. Yeah, I don't like, like it. Even if I was a person who could do those sort of things, I just can't imagine that that would be the sort of thing I would like to do. For me, I like to exercise on my own. And I know that when you work with other people, you work harder. But that is precisely why, why I like work on my own. on your own. Because I think I'm going regularly and mm. I'm being active. Yeah. If you make it really hard... This will do, mate. Yes. If you make it really hard and unpleasant, yeah. I'm not going to go as often. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like short-term gains, but like long-term, like you're just like, no, fuck this. Sure, I'm smoking a cigarette and drinking a beer while yeah. I'm lifting this weight. But... but you know what? I'm still exercising. <laughs> I'm here, right? Okay, so there's a movement requirement in addition to compulsory monologue and one of my own selections. So that's pretty stock standard for drama schools. You memorize, normally it's a Shakespearean monologue and then one of your own choosing, generally contemporary. I auditioned at BCA, but I can't... Did you? Yeah, but I think I might have auditioned... For what? The clown class? King of the clowns, you clown? I think in in, um, it might have been like direct theater directing or something. Like, I, I, I literally can't remember. I remember having the meeting. And I don't, it can't have been for acting because I don't remember preparing pieces. So right. I think it must have been, it wasn't for writing, technical, it was but it was some theater. sort of like directing or like theatre direct, like it was, I think it was to work in. And so what do they do as part of that? How do I you don't know. submit? I didn't get in. Right. <laughs> uh, Moshya continues, having zero dance experience at that stage, I was incredibly intimidated by all these people who had clearly been dancing all their lives. While I had simply hit up Ms. Anderson, any relation? I don't know yet. Our drama teacher at school two weeks before and asked her to choreograph a routine for me that in the goodness of her heart, she had done in her spare time. I mean, this is beautiful. Like, if this is like a coming of age story, if this is the Moshia in Burbs biopic, this is a great scene, right? Well, it's got a little bit of a... How old is he? What was that Steve Carell movie mm-hmm. where the, the little girl yeah, danced? They, little Miss Sunshine. Yeah. It's that, that's little, this, little Osh Sunshine. Yeah, this, this feels a little Osher Sunshine at the moment. Um, but that is, again, checks out. He had no dance experience. He went to someone. So that was me when I was told to prepare a piece. <laughs> I went and got given a poem. I reckon two weeks of dancing might have <laughs> given me like a, at least a little bit more of a shot than the Pam Ayers poem. Well, we don't know yet. Um, okay, it was a two-minute set piece set to the Jet song from West Side Story. When oh. you're a jet, you're a jet all the way. I think that's the Jet oh song. Or is it one, two, three? Get my hand to come with me because you look so fine, and I really want to make you mine. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I'd love if that's what Mosha danced to. <laughs> I think that would be better than West when Side Story. A, but it it would uh, it depends what he's auditioning for. Well, 
But, I mean, the timeline probably doesn't work for a start. But, well, the timeline definitely doesn't work because Jet would have been, Osher would have been in his 20s or whatever when yeah. when Jet came along or maybe, like, you know, towards 30. And, um, nah, mid-20s probably. Anyway, <laughs> I'm getting bogged down in, in, in that. But, um, uh, but it feels like to me that doing something from a musical implies the bar's already been set at the level that people like it'd be like me trying to go here's my first dance is a Bruno Mars dance <laughs> don't start with something that people have already seen be awesome yeah. try do something do... that no one would ever dance exactly. to exactly <laughs> right I'm an individual by Mark Jacko <laughs> Jackson Mark Jacko Jackson and as long as your dancing's better than Jacko's dancing was in the film clip like it's a win alright so this cues the montage sequence mm. from like this is like from Footloose or something I practiced and practiced in a vacant block of land near our house, taking the battery-operated tape deck that I'd recorded my earliest radio plays on mm-hmm. and popping in a cassette. His as- earliest podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, oh, Moshe, I hope you still have that. That'd be amazing if you still had those I tapes. I mean, great scene also from, like, oh, great podcast. Yeah, Playing definitely. some of those tapes and talking well, Kevin, about that. Kevin Smith did something like that. I'm not sure yeah. if he was still listening to Smodcast. Where yeah, he, I did, yeah. They are some of my all-time favorite smods like i gotta say about smodcast we've mentioned this show numerous times because that's what got us into this show but you know scott's moved on and it's not what it used to be it just tends to be sporadic and he just gets guests on but every time scott Moser's on like the last couple of years and he's only done it a handful of times it's been gold it's like it's like you know the pixies come out and do another tour and you're like oh but i saw him last time i mean how much better they're gonna get and then you're just so glad that you listen to it again like it's just it's kind of good this is obviously where, what I'm trying to say, Will, is we should do a podcast five times a year. Well, I mean, there'll be a point, right? Yeah. There'll yeah, be well. a point where... No, I'm going to do this till we die. Well, in fact, I mean, there's more chance I'll die early than you. It'll so be... that, I, I guess I'm fine with that. <laughs> it'll, be some, it'll be like an Aesop's fable where I trick you into like, doing this podcast and we have to do it until we die. Like I'm a, a, I reveal that I've got some curse. And that you have to stay in this room with me and we can't stop podcasting until we die. But what's the purpose of that? Oh, it's just because I'm a, some malevolent kind of... But why? What? What is the... It's got to be an ironic yeah. thing. So you've always wanted to be the world's biggest podcaster. Oh, yeah, okay. And I say I can make yeah. it happen. Okay. But you, you and I stay in here. So far, I'm interested. <laughs> <laughs> so we stay in here and we podcast until we die. So... We can sleep. So that's the we agreement. Don't, we don't leave this room. Oh, at all? Ever. Food gets dropped in. There's like a hole in the wall and they'll drop in like food and there's yeah. a bathroom and a shower and we have cots at either end. So we're in, for people who can't see it, we're in like a Will's office. Which is, <laughs> so for, I hope all the people <laughs> listening to well, this. apart from bit Huawei, I've got my new Huawei <laughs> phone and Google and Facebook has got my iPad <laughs> open as well. But everyone else. So how big is this room? It's like, I don't know, like 20 by 20. It's not huge. <laughs> I don't know, sure. Is, is that right? I don't know. It's enough, 20... it's enough that it was a bedroom. It's above it a garage. Quite... Yeah. A double car garage or yeah. single car garage. But it's like, a, it's a granny flat, basically. Granny flat. Right. That I, I use as an office. But it has like a, a little separate bathroom and kitchen and okay. a fridge. But I'm just trying to deck this out for our purposes. So we're, yeah. we're, we've got a cot. Can't be bunk. But what I'm saying is the bathroom and the little kitchenette and yeah. the fridge are already there. Yep. So we it's have, like a studio apartment, yeah. but tiny. Yeah. And so we have bunk beds. You have to take the lower one, obviously, because of your hips, and I'll take the top one. Just for space, we can't have two separate beds, I don't think. I think we could. Podcast, we die. So, Well, I think, because like, you're sitting on a couch now. If we're looking for more efficient 
Like if it's just the two of us, yeah, we either either that couch could also. In fact, I've slept on that couch. That couch, I, you know what? You have your little fucking bunk bed. No, you stay on the couch. I'll, I'm happy to sleep on that couch for sure. Could I get? If you're not going to take a bed, could I yeah. get a bigger bed? <laughs> no, no. You have to. St- you ordered the bunk bed. I know, but like two bunk beds side by side makes up a king. So can I get a king yeah. bed? No. Half the studio apartment is no. taken up with my king size bed. <laughs> That you're not allowed to touch. There's a red line that separates your couch from my king size bed. In fact, like we separate the entire room apart from so that we can go to the bathroom. But otherwise, it's oh no. So yeah, we split it in half. Yeah, so, Brady Bunch style. Yeah, Brady Bunch style, and uh, with just a little uh, line to the the bathroom, so we can still still both watch TV. Yep, because the TV is like. So we can actually sit on that couch, yeah. But there's just a line in between. So you sit on that side of the couch, I sit on this side, and then at night. Do I get to put my feet in your side to be able to sleep? Sure, on the like couch? that kind of stuff would work. Just like housemates yeah. have to share a couch. Okay, but we have to keep podcasting while we're conscious. Like we're allowed four hours sleep. Four? Well, I'm, well, I'm considering this is eight. Four, four, well, yeah, okay, eight hours. Well, they want us to be good podcasters. Yeah, okay, eight hours sleep. Eight hours. I, I need sleep. my sleep to podcast properly. Okay, so we, and then an hour of faffing about time. And well, they, yeah. So they'll would there be would they would you allow a little gym so we can keep mobile and fit? Yeah, some sort of exercise. Not a treadmill's too big, I reckon, uh, but one of those things where you can do pull-ups and stuff. You know what? If I could get like some version of the machines that I use at at, at Kiza, what's like, that? It, that's the other uh, thing the that the I go to. That thing. I like. I call it a gym because I think they call it a gym, but everybody else doesn't think it's a gym because <laughs> I don't sweat and I can go on my street clothes. So anyway. I like it and it's good. If I could get some version of a machine that just like exercise my back and my hips and... How big are those machines though? Because what we're battling over here is real estate. Well, where this bar is here, we can get rid of this bar, Yeah. right? So just there where that bar is, I'm happy for it to be in my side of the room. Okay. And you can come over to work out whenever you want. But for space-wise, if you're worried about space in our space, I'm happy for some of my space to be taken up by... Here's the thing. Whatever we get has to be usable for both of us. That's the only fair way. It's not like we can both get machines because that's nonsensical. We have to pick a machine. So what is this thing? How can I use it? Well, for you, I think we could probably get some version of a thing where you'd work out... Because I reckon that if you went to my... Like, if you went to Kiza, you'd get Kiza a... so say. You'd get a great workout. Okay. Like, all the stuff there would be enough for you to do every... You just do it on weights that are well beyond... Yeah. It'd just be a nice... And you could still, like, I mean, you could put the weights up enough that you would sweat and, okay. you know, do cardio and, and, you know, do chin-ups and those sort of things. But some sort of machine that looks like a bit like one of those machines you'd have at a regular gym, but but just with more attached weights, a little bit more, you know, scientific rehab for me, but still you'd get a very good workout. So what we're inventing essentially is podcast Big Brother. <laughs> it's Big Brother without the pitches because... That's what's going on. So we need a, would we have a, well, we don't need a diary room because we're, that's the show, us talking. I mean, but also room. Big Brother would be terrible if it was just two people. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like we're just, it's Big Brother, but we just put two people in the house. I mean, what a weird experiment that would be. Imagine if you did like, because they're relaunching Big Brother. Yeah. Imagine if like for the first week. How do you think people would react? So you go into the house first. And there's just one other person. Would you ever go on Big Brother? I always, when uh, when it started out, I was fascinated by it. And I was like, if they didn't film it, like 
if no one saw how I behaved or what happened, then I'm going to murder everyone. No, no, I am interested. The, the, the concept and the, and the restrictions, the thing about not being able to read or write, I think would really fuck with me. Like, I understand why, because they want you to be constantly interacting with people. But I think I'd go all right. I think I'd go all right, but I don't think I'd win. Um, so, okay, so what if you're in the house? I walk, so I'm walking in or I'm you're the first one in? in? Okay, yeah. No, but you, you're walking in your first one in. Okay, empty first house, one in. Okay, empty house. But there's nothing unusual about that to you because, of, of course, the first one in always goes into an empty house, right? And then another person comes in. All right, everything's going as usual here. Yeah, and, and then, then no one. No one comes That's in. That's great. They should do that. That's actually a great opening. It's chilling, right? Yeah. Two people have to just do the whole first episode, let's say, like first day or whatever. You just don't send them in at regular intervals. You literally just stop at two people. It would be great to watch them try and work out what's going on. When's the, when's the next person and then, coming and in? Then, Has something gone on? And are they going to have this bond then for the rest of the show? Like, yeah, one of them's like, it's a nuclear strike. Quick, <laughs> but have sex with me. <laughs> wouldn't, Before wouldn't there be the some sort ends. of panic? That you would think yes. something's gone terribly wrong? 100%. But what well, depends. So if it's Big Brother, they can go yeah. in the diary room and say, hey, BB, what's mm. up? Are we going radio silent as well? Um, uh, you could say to them when they eventually come in and ask. This sounds like the premise of a really good low-budget sci-fi. Right. Like a Black Mirror episode. I think there is a Black Mirror episode that's kind of this. Two contestants on a reality show. Well, not two contestants, but like some sort of big brother house. Yeah, it's always like, yeah, and some things are fine. Yeah, exactly. exactly. (laughs) To quote Mr. Sunday Movies. Exactly. A comment on modern day society trends and some things are fine. (laughs) Yeah, I I reckon, I think I'd probably give it, knowing the show, knowing that people come in like every hour or something. But even for the audience, what would the, because... Think about, you want to create buzz for a new series mm. of Big Brother. If you, the TV producers, went on, and so everyone's tuning in for the first night to see who the new housemates are and whatever, and then suddenly you just don't send anyone else in. But are you telling like, the are viewers people... at home what's going on or are they in the dark as well? Well, I think you keep them a bit in the dark for a little bit. What's going Mike Goldman saying, oh, what's going on here? Well, no, I don't think you want any of that sort of stuff. I think you want the two people in the house, you're just filming them yeah. trying to work out what's going on and anticipate things. And then you just keep... And then people on Twitter and Facebook and stuff would suddenly just be like, what's going on? Yeah. Like, they would be the ones going, has something gone For wrong? For that you to know? work, production has to go radio silent or at yeah. least totally ambiguous. Yeah. In terms of... Well, well, they tell them it's first night, so you're not going to get a lot of information. We never said we are going to let everyone on the first night. Yeah. What made you think that? No, they, that's actually a really good idea. Mosh. So... So I like that idea of, um, I think it would create a buzz. It wouldn't even have to probably be the whole episode. You could probably just leave the first two in there by themselves for, you know, half the first episode. It just is an experiment to see how they react to it. How long do you think, how long would you, before you got, knowing it's a TV show? Well, you think they're probably going to come in every five minutes or whatever. You set the agenda. Yeah, but I reckon. You set the agenda with the first one. So you're in there, and then if the next one comes in five minutes later, you go, okay, they're going to come in every five minutes. So suddenly after 10 minutes, you're starting to go, this is weird. After yeah. 20 minutes, you're starting to go, this has been a long time, hasn't it? How I reckon And I- then after like 30 minutes, you're probably in the diary room asking what's going on. Has it, no, there's been I don't no know, I think problem. half an hour is too early. Because if I think about meeting someone new, knowing it's a TV show, knowing they edit it down, yeah. I, am, I would, my first instinct would be like, oh, Geez, they actually have a lot... These are a lot more footage than what you see. They're giving us like half an hour to chat and get to know each other. Um, 
But I don't think I'll get alarmed till maybe, I can two hours. I think if you get to pick some up for the airport, half an hour, they're not there. You're like, oh, that's weird, but you don't get panicky. And then an hour later, if you're not hearing anything or you're only getting vague messages, like you get a text from them, but oh, are you on the way? It's vague, it's ambiguous. I think after about yeah an hour and a half, if I'm not getting any closer, I start to get worried. I think it's the wrong analogy. Why? I think you're at the airport and it's more like watching no one's people. Picking you up. It's more like watching people come off the plane, right? And so they come off at a certain pace. You know, when you see like a yeah, consistent group, you're waiting for somebody at the gate and they come off like one, two, three, four, just in order. But then there might be a pause because like there's been a blockage of somebody getting off or that sort of thing. And you're not, it throws the system a little bit. You're like, oh, we're up. Hang on, that's yeah. not everyone, is it? But how long do you? Well, give it I'm time? just saying that the time would be accelerated if you're in a show where you, you think know. you're going in every five minutes, and then suddenly. But you think half an hour is alarm bells for you before you'd be in the diary room? I think if I would expect someone at five minutes, by ten minutes I would start him to go. This is long, and by thirty, yeah, I would ask. And keep in mind, like you know, you've been filmed. Yes. You're there to entertain. Yes. So you're trying to turn it into something as well. Yeah. Like you're joking with the other guy yeah, or girl. Like, oh, What's going on? And I wonder what this is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a new twist. This is not what normally happens. Do you? How long Who are you? do you make chit chat and ignore yeah. it for? Because at some point you're like, well, like after ten minutes, you're like, oh, well, maybe they're running behind. Maybe it's well. Segment. I would like think that I'm on TV. So firstly, I'd be you like, are. <laughs> no, but as in like, <laughs> you just walk in. I, wow, boy, <laughs> look at all these bright no, lights. No, if I was just like. Will Anderson is from Hayfield. It's his it's first just, time in the big smoke. It's just the, oh, I just want to kiss a girl. It's just the two of and us. And tell me jokes. It's I'm a pretty simple bloke from Hayfield. It's just the two of us. I think you take that time to explore. You get a strategic advantage, right? Yeah. You're in there by yourself. So you're like, hey, there's no one here else here at the moment. Should we have a look around? Yes, and you look and, around. You and the other person go and have a look around. Oh, that's right. Because it was, I remember in, episode, in series two or something, some gross guys, they went to the girls' underwear drawer or something. Oh, oh no, that, that must have been once everyone was in because otherwise the drawers right. would be empty. But you're right. You go check out the toilet. Right. Take a big shit. <laughs> Stare five, at it. Five. Stare at it. Rock it to sleep. Kiss it. I mean, that's what everyone does, right? <laughs> the other guy's just staring at you as you're nursing your poo. Um, I love you, Junior. Find the best bed. <laughs> you say to the guy, I, uh, I go, we've got to go give birth now. <laughs> what? We'll have baby on the way. What are you talking about? And then he just sees you going to the bathroom, <laughs> cradling your own boo, just likes quietly singing to it <laughs> before you flush it. Comes back, drinks his beer, doesn't even wash his hands. <laughs> this is pretty good, eh? <laughs> I'm from Mayfield. Bloody holy dooly. Holy. How good is this? How good is this? Just smeared as shit. Like, uh, hey, feel like a dip? <laughs> well, it's appropriate we're talking about Big Brother because that was shot in Queensland and uh, our letter writer is also from Queensland. <laughs> Mosha. Yeah. Mosha. Okay, so just to recap, uh, his music teacher has uh, uh, choreographed dance moves. West Side Story, Jet. So he uh, practiced and practiced in a vacant block near our house, which is like, you could see it's silhouetted against the sun. It's Kevin, and Kevin Bacon in Footloose, right? Let's hear it for the boy. Let's hear it for my man. Um, okay. Uh, and he would dance to uh, a piano rhythm that Mrs. Anderson had 
had given him. He thought he was ready to go. I waited in the big room with all of the women. There were very few guys and their leotards and the dancewear, and I waited for my name to be called. It was exciting being led through the twists and turns of the backstage area, and I came out to a rehearsal studio, a black space lit from above with a standard long table of examiners at one end. Again, very similar to my experience, although not in a dark room. Behind the table sat a larger man in a standard older, older theatre guy, wide-necked T-shirt. <laughs> Perfect description, right? Theatre guy, wide-necked T-shirt. And a younger guy who was an assistant, busily shuffling papers until he found my application and handed it over to Boss. Okay, let's start with your monologue, hissed the older man. Okay, let's start with your monologue. No, <laughs> I'm going to find somewhere in between. He hissed. Okay, let's start with your... <laughs> oh, that's the worst. Okay, let's start with your monologue. I wasn't... Okay, let's start with your monologue. He hissed it, though, so you got to hiss it. Um, <laughs> Bit I... of Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Okay, let's start with your monologue. <laughs> It actually Is that sounded his? like you were having a shit while you were saying that. Clint, why are you cradling that poo? I wasn't ready for how abruptly yeah. we'd be starting. Okay, yeah. And so it took me a moment. Mm-hmm. Straight into a monologue. I found my place in the centre of the space, breathed in and began. His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy, do you reckon? Using all the speech and drama training I could remember... Uh-huh. Telling every moment of stage time from the school musicals I'd been part of, I poured everything into that monologue for about five lines. That's fine. Thanks. Interrupted. Do you have a movement piece? <laughs> you don't want the other monologue? No, no, no. Just the movement piece. Thanks. I'd given my cassette to the person that walked me in and I hit play on the tape deck before I'd gotten into my starting position. <laughs> but by the way... If this story was going to end well, which I, I guess we all know it's probably not going to, but if it were going to end well, if this was the story of the kid wowing them, yeah, being cut off after the five lines and then about to be dismissed, the moment where you hand over the cassette tape and is about to win the yeah the room over is would be the good moment. Is there any outcome or universe in which those first five lines mm. are so fucking great good, that they go, yep, yeah, you can do it, you can, act. yeah, um, yeah. So is it possible that that's what happened here? No. <laughs> Why do you say that? Well, because I think that there is a world in that where that operates, but I think generally that's the top echelons of people who are really good at their job. Joaquin Phoenix comes in for this yeah. musical. But I've seen people like I've seen people operate in a way where as soon as something's right, you can move on. As soon as you go, "Yep, oh great. Okay. Yeah. We've ticked that box. Now I'm absolutely sure that you can do the lines. I just need to see if you can dance before we... Because what we're really doing at the moment is just finding a bunch of people who yeah, tick yeah. both those boxes. And you I see that one. You can talk. Those lines were good. I don't need to hear another five to... You've convinced me there. And now I just need to see if you can dance. I see Jem cast all the time. Yeah. And because she's doing commercials, like people have a split second. And yeah. You're either that person or you're, you're yeah. not. So... That's the way yeah. that they'll cast Yes as or well. no. Yes yeah. or no. Say this line. Yeah. Turn left and right. Great. Yeah. Okay, boom. Okay. So yeah. maybe Osh had it in the bag at this stage. Well, possibly. But I'm going to say no. I give my cassette to the person that walked me in and they hit play on the tape deck before I reach my starting position. I would, oh, no. Uh, Osh, I would love to know what the starting position looked oh. like. Do you reckon it was back to, back to the judging back panel? Back to the judges. Absolutely, 100%. One hand draped rakishly over the back of his neck. 
kind of Michael Hutchins style? Oh. I mean, I think definitely back two. And I would have thought like a leg's going to go out from the back two. But yeah, I, I'm going to yeah, say yeah. more hands on hips. <laughs> I feel like hands on hips. Mary is dancing for a song from West Side Story. Yeah. Def- or is it maybe because it's the Jets thing? It's kind yeah. of maybe he's just like that's crouched what I mean. over. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, and then kind of uh, like clicking okay, and coming my, down. Maybe it's just like he's standing wh- yeah. back to the judging yeah. panel. One leg, ooh, one leg out. One leg out and just a single hand. Clicking like that. I don't mind that. Or maybe it's like side on. Side on. And then does like both sides. One side is painted like Maria. Like the Jets. Yeah. One is painted like the Sharks. Like Benny. All right. So she hits play or he hits play before Osh's in his starting position. Gave it everything. Putting as much oomph into what I was now finding an enjoyable expression of my body. Oh, nice. He's That's great. It. What a feeling. He's, dun, in dun, dun, dun. He's in the moment. Eyes closed. He's just feeling yeah. the rhythm. Just floating, gliding. I imagine Osh is a good mood. I, I did, Osh and I danced at his wedding. Not like a slow dance. <laughs> but it was we, the bridal waltz. I think we danced. I thought it was an unusual choice. We <laughs> <laughs> ran in and pushed Audrey over. <laughs> You're my husband now. They legalized it. You can't say no. I think that's how it works. Um, uh, no, he is um, someone who I think is good at being in the moment, right? Yeah. And I think like the so he's sleep, just feeling it. I think the is cake, he dancing like the girl in that um, uh, that Sia music video? He's dancing like like nobody, chandelier. Yeah, he's dancing like nobody's watching. He's wearing a short blonde wig and a flesh colored leotard yeah. and just throwing and himself about. Yeah. That's um, no, I think, but I think he could do that dance because because Osh feels like the sort of person that he can be in that moment where yeah he just and I think a lot of dancing is about just letting yourself be in the moment yeah like when you say someone's a good dancer it's not necessarily because they know all the correct moves to dance it's sometimes just because when they're dancing they just kind of feel in tune with the music and some stuff. people like that and yeah. some people you describe as well he's having fun. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you've still got to have... I'm not saying... Uh, no, I'm not saying it's the only key. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying I feel like it's the main key. I wonder what we... Yeah, we had a dance at his wedding. I think it was to like some New Jack Swing. It was like Heavy D and the Boys or mm. something like that. I remember we had some good boy band moves down. So I think he'd be doing a great job. Yeah. The choreography had taken me down onto the floor where I was facing away from the desk and getting set for the big spring up to the prone position... To a de- spring up from the prone position into a dazzling spin. So he might not have started with his back to the desk because I think he would have mentioned that because he's just mentioned he's got his back to Yeah, and you want to finish here. how you started. He would have said, like, you know. Yeah, I want a big finish yeah. the same way I started, yeah. facing the front. So spring up from the prone position into a dazzling spin that happens when the tape stops. So it's time to the end of the beat. And remember, he's already yeah. off the beat because yeah. they started before. Well, is he? Or yeah. has he caught up? Because what would you do in that situation? I'm not a professional dancer, I, but I? I, I would have thought you try to catch up rather than just do the whole thing off the beat. Uh, he would have just been, I mean, he just would have caught up to the beat. I'm sure yeah. he just, he wouldn't have like rushed through the first four bars. No. <laughs> I'd done that really quickly. I think he would have just picked up the routine from when he hit his spot. But can't you just skip to the next bit of the routine? Like, can't you just fast forward? So, what, can Michael Jackson just skip to the moonwalk? Like, so, Michael Jackson's auditioning with Billy Jean. not now, but like, (laughs) yes, I would imagine 
at any stage, he could just bust out a moonwalk. It wouldn't matter where he was. So they act, Michael Jackson is rehearsing for Motown yeah. and they play Billie Jean. For some yeah. reason, the tape skips yeah. and it just lands on the dun 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 dun, dun woo and he just goes straight into the moonwalk. Absolutely, 100%. It. All right. Okay. Well, that's what Osh does. <laughs> and that's the only similarity he has with Michael Jackson. <laughs> that and his love of animals. That's enough, thanks. Seethe, the older theatre guy. Oh, okay. How do you sound? What's seething? That's Seeth. enough. That's enough, thanks. That's enough. Is that seething? That's, en- that's that. That's enough, thanks. That. That's enough, enough thanks. Thanks. <laughs> that's enough, thanks. That's enough, thanks. That's, that's it. Yeah, that's not bad. <laughs> that was good. That's enough, thanks. Yeah. Just had enough. Yeah. I'm seething. That's enough, thanks. <laughs> yeah, all sarcastic like it. <laughs> I wasn't the fittest. <laughs> So I stood there. So it was doing, good he cut it off. <laughs> I wasn't the fittest. So I stood there doing the breathless after a dance thing that dancers do. You see yeah. that on reality shows, like exactly. when someone's just finished a routine. <sighs> I yeah. just... Yeah. Was... Look, Will, you're great. Uh, we don't think Thank you can do you. the walk to the walking frame. Uh, I stared at him with a perplexed smile. I'd done all the things they'd asked me to do. So why did he look so upset? What kind of roles do you think you'd be cast for? He asked me, mm. ignoring the sibilance. Is that the right word? Sibilance in his speech? Yeah, I guess so. Ignoring the sibilance in his speech that could have peeled paint. Mm-hmm. What kind of role do you think you'd be cast for? Is that a paint peeling? Uh, what, kind of, what kind of role do you think you'd be cast for? Oh, yeah. That okay. was, oh, I, did, I did not enjoy that. <laughs> felt real. I actually felt like you were... I was like, oh, hang on. I am remembering my VCA audition all of a sudden. I saw my chance. This was it. I mean, this is great that a future reality TV superstar host in which they always ask someone, why do you deserve this? He is getting asked that very question. I mean, an unfair question to ask somebody at that age... Like, it's not his responsibility to know what... He just wants to be an actor. An actor. Yeah. It's not like he's been fashioning... Like, you can imagine somebody who's, like, in their 20s who's fashioning a certain look or identity or whatever being asked by a casting agency, what sort of characters do you think, you know, you're appropriate for, you know, the way yeah. you present yourself and whatever. Fine. You ask Seth Rogen, like, what sort of characters is he going to play in his mid-20s? And he goes, you know, funny best friends and, mm. you know, stoner, you know, dudes and whatever. And he's like, yeah, well, there's roles for those people. That's fine. But you don't ask some kid auditioning at a round the twist audition. Like what No, roles? sorry. I just realized, I don't think it is a round the twist. It's an audition for Q. Oh, it's for USQ. It's for drama program. Okay. It's for the but it's the same. Program. I misunderstood that as well. Right. It's the same humiliating okay. experience. I mean, because I did get suspect where it's like, why is he like 20 years old auditioning for a twist? It's a kid's yeah. show. Okay, okay. So this is a yes. Um, uh, uh, I once did an acting class very, very early on when I was probably in my 20s where we had to, let's say, eight people in this class. It's like a Tuesday night thing. And there's eight people in the class. And one of the classes, it was run by this American woman who... Back in those days, it felt like you could say, I was on The Young and the Restless or something. And people were like, oh, wow. <laughs> like... Yeah, you go run a drama school. And I remember the first class, she just spent the whole time talking about how great it was going to the Emmys. <laughs> it was like the entire first class is just like, it's like she had prepared her one woman show that she was going to tour Vegas, but she got to do it to us. The second week, we had to look around the group 
and having only known people for one week, a couple of hours a week before, say who we would cast that person as just by oh, yeah. looking at them. Great. To teach us, you know, what, how you're going to be typecast or what your archetype is. So mine was, has rung very true. It was like cop, lawyer, big brother, dad, you know, or anything that's kind of vanilla and reliable, mm-hmm. which is fine. That's actually, I was very okay with employable. that. Very employable. <laughs> But then some of them were going around and it was like, because we all had to write down like three things for each person. Whore! <laughs> like one of them was like... Murderer! Tro- trophy wife, uh, footballer's wife. Date rapist. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. This other guy was like criminal, yeah. thug, heavy. You Hitler. Know. <laughs> Stalin. <laughs> it was really, it was really, really awful. So I think that that is not... Disloyal friend. <laughs> Disloyal friend. Hang on, do I know you? Adulterer <laughs> of my wife. <laughs> uh, tell me, because I'm very interested in the answer to this. I mm. think part of the reason that I've never, there are so many reasons that I've never been interested in acting, but one of them is um, that I think it's actually an incredibly difficult thing to do. Um, but secondly, I get what th- sort of thing you play, but what would you cast me as? Like, if you were going to put me in something, what am I playing? You're playing, like, in all honesty, if you, just yourself. Like, if, if we were to write you an Eminem-style yeah. movie in which... I mean, the last episode we talked about Paul Hogan, and that's what he did. So I think it would just be comedian. Comedian or something aligned to right. yeah, that you've done. Yeah, one of done. those jobs. Yeah. TV host, radio host. <laughs> no, no, just one, just one of those things that is, like, in entertainment. Yeah. Uh, and it's funny. You uh, you come up with one-liners. You're funny most of the time. Mm. You have an interest in politics. Mm. Like that's the person. Maybe a bit of a recluse, bit right. of a homebody, uh, passionate about a football team. <laughs> uh, watches entire seasons of shows he does not like. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you would be. I think you would be a good guy. Maybe a villain if we were doing. In the last episode, you should listen to it. It's really good. We talked about a kind of dark reboot mm. of Crocodile Dundee, in which yeah. he was kind of like a loner recluse. I reckon you could play someone like that. Like just a guy who keeps to himself, uh, occasionally sort of pipes up with that thing. Enigmatic. That's yeah, what you could play. Okay. You're quite enigmatic in your natural state. What can You're I... You're hard to read. Am I? Yeah. Okay, interesting. You don't think that? I don't, well, I don't know. That's why I'm asking. What the, like, well, you know what? Sometimes, I find it hard to know what people think of me. Sometimes you're hard to read, but, then, but when, when it's clear, it's, it's, there's no missing right. what you're talking about. But yeah, I think sometimes you, you're kind of hard to read. You don't wear your heart on your sleeve a lot of the time. And then you do. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. I like can. most of the time, yeah. I think you are very calculated in which you... You're not like an open book who's just like blah, 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 blah. You will share, but when you do, it's like, it feels like it's been thought about for a while. Okay, interesting. So I think you could be like a loner type. Mm. Maybe you could be a villain, I guess. I think a sympathetic villain. Mm. A sympathetic loner? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. That's actually... Maybe a monster of some kind. Yeah, maybe or a monster. <laughs> a sympathetic loner. Well, you think he's a sympathetic loner, but it turns out he's a monster. Well, if you had done that class, mm. I wonder what people would have said about yes. you. That's what I'm Taking the in. comedy element out yeah. of it. They don't know me. That you're a comedian. Yeah. I'm just the guy with my personality that has gone to an acting Well, they were kind of generic. Class. They were naming occupations for me. Yeah. So what occupation do you look at me and think I could play? Journalist. Intellectual, journalist. Journalist. Something academic, yeah. scientist, something brainy. Okay. Yeah. 
Something brainy. All right, I'd be happy with that. Yeah. I'd happy, happily play a brainy person on a show. Yeah. Like in some thing where you're like just one of those people in a lab coat who comes in and spouts some nonsense and solves some crime or something. <laughs> how are you good? How good are you at learning lines? Do you learn? Do you write lines and learn them yourself? Um, uh, I don't. Well, I think that I probably would be fine now. I think that 20 years ago, I was completely. In fact, you know what? I think that probably 10 years ago when I went to America and I went to a few auditions and stuff, that process I found inc incredibly intimidating. Mm. But now where I, like if we were just doing something where I was like, oh, I think I could learn some lines. I don't, my memory's good. I can mm. learn something and remember it pretty easily. It's it fucking... I don't know how loud you meant to act. Well, it's interesting. That would be my major thing. I, uh, I'd be like, I think I'd be too loud for acting. I actually put a tape down for the first time in ages yesterday something for the states and mm. i was like i've been very busy doing other things and being mm. a dad and stuff and so my head hasn't really been in it at all and it's been great having a little break from it and then um i got sent this thing and i was like ah oh. i only had like a couple of days before i was flying to state but i was like you know what i can call up a friend i'll just cram it it was the most painful experience of my life like you talk about getting back into stand-up having done radio I felt so rusty. Like my mate, God bless him, uh, he came to help me. And after my first take at the first scene, I could talk about being easy to read. There was just a look like, you're not going to do that. <laughs> like, and so he just stayed with me and just made me work it. But it was like going to the gym. I just forgot everything about it. And, and then you start, like acting's a weird thing where you have to kind of not be self-conscious, but at the same time you have to be conscious mm. because the, you're asking about how loud do you act? Well, the camera is generally this close. Mm. So as loud as I'm talking to you now is probably too loud yeah. to act, you know, you, and, and, and it's kind of weird to try and want to project mm. an emotion. Most of my emotions are volume based. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, that's the Nicolas Cage model. Like, you know, Adam Sandler, that, that's how they act is they just yell the second half of a lot of their sentences and one of them's got an Oscar. The other one should have got one. But uh, yeah, it's just a, it can be a really, it's just, I mean, I don't know. I'm just at a point with acting at the moment where I'm like, oh God, like if I'm going to put this much work in, why don't I just like make it my stuff? You know, like I write, I create my own stuff and like I'm sure like these amazing jobs come along for people and lightning does strike. But I just think that for all this work, I, sh I, sh I need to invest in myself a bit more. It's much more likely, I think, at the stage you are in your life and world that somebody notices, you know, that you can do all those things by you having done them and showing them. To people. Yeah. I mean, I just think that that's, you know, you're not like a 22-year-old Australian guy rolling out of drama school in a you know, short film or whatever is going to go over to Hollywood and they're going to make him a big star. Mm. But that doesn't mean you couldn't make something yeah. where people then go, oh, no, oh, hang on, we can put him in. I something. Mean, yeah, but, you've just, but I think there's just a different point in your career where you have to be able to show them, like, almost like, he's the new yes. relevant up-to-date me. Yeah. Not the guy from McLeod's Daughters or not the guy from even Wolf Creek or whatever. Yeah. But like, here's all these other things that I can also do that makes me more interesting than, you know, yeah, well, the just, next person. It's just also that, like, I never got into acting. I didn't, never went to drama school. I sort of fell into it in a lot mm. of ways, but I actually started off doing like a media arts degree mm. and writing and shooting things and stuff. And I, I feel like because the acting took off, I was like, well... Right. I'll pursue this. Because it's the most successful one, you then go, yeah. this is the thing that I do. Whereas, 
I mean, that, that was really what I went through with the radio, right? It's like, just because it pays most of the bills, mm. y- you become defined by the thing that pays most of the bills where you're like, well, but this isn't actually what I am or why I got into this in the first place. Yeah. It'd be good if you could have like a little successful, you know, podcasting company. <laughs> Can <laughs> we it? do that? Can we have a little successful indie media podcasting company but where we can make stuff and that's, yeah, it's make interesting great content? Why I'm, couldn't we do that? Isn't it? I know we've been saying this same thing for 10 years, but <laughs> like I, it feels like to me now yeah. that podcasting has really arrived now and there is indie production as the world you know fragments and you know things become you know the old more niche. power bases go away and things become more niche, niche and you can make these things that are niche then why can't we make them i was watching did you have you seen that um uh, the the girl who's a horse the horse girl horse lady she's a horse Bojack Horseman? No, it's like um, it's got the girl who was in Community, Alison. Ah, uh, Brie. Uh, Alison Brie. Is no, I haven't it? seen it. The girl who was a horse. The girl who was a horse. Okay. And it's like a very offbeat. Film. What's it on Netflix? On Netflix, right. yeah. And I watched it the other night, and I'm, I don't, I don't know if I liked it or not, but I certainly was compelled by it, and yeah, I I've thought about it a, a lot and a bit, and I can't tell if it has a lot to say or it has absolutely nothing to say. It's just kind of. To, but it just occurred to me that I was like, it's really great to be able to just watch something like that. You know, there's a mm. few good actors and a interesting kind of script, but it wasn't a huge big deal. And they made this kind of cool movie that I, I certainly enjoyed watching. Like, as in, I certainly was compelled by it, even though by the end I was like, okay, am I, am I dumb that I don't understand everything that this was about? Or was this not about as many things as it promised <laughs> to be about? Is that the Donnie Darko principle where it's like, I think this is good? Yeah, that's very much how I felt. I watched um, Doctor Sleep last night. Have you heard about that? It's like a sequel to The Shining. I've watched half of it. What do you think? Well, the first, well, based on the fact that I've watched half of it, that's my review of the movie. I did not enjoy the first It's half. a weird film, right? It feels, I, I actually quite enjoyed it, but it's the first The premise film I- is not what you'd imagine it's the, ec- the sequel oh. to. Not, not no, to it's spoil, but it's, it's spoilers. It's kind of like the X-Men. Right. <laughs> it's The Shining. Yeah, but it's like... So it's the sequel to The Shining. Yeah. And... But not what you... Like, I mean, not like a sequel to The Shining at all. Like you said, it's the X-Men... Mix. Oh, no, it does. In the second half, it's completely oh, The Shining. Okay, right. Yeah. But I won't spoil it for you. Um, but it felt to me like an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You know, it's like the gang of like vampires, whatever they are, like soul vampires traveling around and stuff. I just mm. felt like... This is could almost be a TV show. Like it, I enjoyed it, but I felt like it was just a a weirdly dated kind of. I mean, it's written by Stephen King, and I feel like he's maybe, you know, he's sort of stuck in a period of or a type of writing. And I just, uh, but I did enjoy it. I thought Ewan McGregor was really good. You did not like it at all. Didn't love it. I mean, essentially, it's some very disturbing themes in it. Yeah, <laughs> which is very off putting. Yeah, I was just. I was just a bit like, nah, this is, and particularly because I really do like The Shining as a movie, I was uh, off put by it. But then I watched, this is what I watched instead, which. You know what it is, sorry, just before we go to that. Of course. We always talk about it's the universe. Mm. It is a Shining universe film, and Mm. I think they do that bit. Maybe you should watch the second half. Yeah. Because what I think they do nicely is tie it into The Shining and expand on that universe. What does The Shining mean? Blah, 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 blah. And. 
and the Overlook just sort of becomes a character within that wider universe. So I, that's the only thing I'd say. I I realise that as I get older, I just quite like a comfortable. Well, a movie that is a bit like a cup of tea. Yeah. And I watched, I think it was called The Public or something, the Emilio Estevez movie about the homeless people who took over the public library. And it is really just, I mean, it's not amazing, (laughs) but I really liked it just because I like that sort of story, like a real life thing that happened just kind of told in a... The coach of the Mighty Ducks saves a library. Mate. Asha continues, just to recap. Moshya. Moshya. Um, uh, he continues what kind of roles do you think you'd be cast for ignoring the sibilance new speech that could have peeled paint I saw my chance this was it the question I've been waiting for this is where I could tell him that, that all my life I'd wanted to be on stage nothing felt like it and it was all that I wanted to do and I'd do just about anything to have the chance to be on oh, stage and oh, act you don't want to say that I breathed in ready to start my rehearsed mm. answer when he continued you're really kidding yourself if you think anyone would take you seriously as a lead as fat as you are. There are no leading roles for people like you. I mean, you'd never be cast as a love interest or anything. You might get a role in a comedy being that fat, but you'd never be taken seriously. There's really no point considering you. I mean, I guess kids got to hear it, right? (laughs) Um, Fuck wow. me. That, I had no idea that was coming. But you know what the <laughs> thing is? I do now remember this story. Like, right. But uh, the, oh. the thing about that is, I was a fat kid too. And Christ. there was a million different versions of that. Like, you know, at sport, at, you know, just that's how people would talk. Even professionals though? I'd expect that in the playground, but not in like a... Well, this guy's clearly... A tertiary... This guy's in children's theatre and he hates children. Do you know what I mean? Sounds like Like, it. And yeah, this is more about the man saying this than it is about, you know, Paul Moshya, who's like, you know, just having the time of his life, dancing a West Side Story and living his dream and, you know. Oh my God. Like, and this horrible old man who's like crushing the dreams of... And also, just a stupid way to look at show business. Because if everybody's going for the... The most fucking employed people in Hollywood are the people who are happy to be the... Chris Pratt had to get fat to get a career. I mean, so many of, of those roles and those people... Like, yeah. there are plenty of roles for, you know, non... Like, they, they might not have always been the... But you're talking to a kid going, in, in a play, yeah. is everybody going to be the lead? No. Yeah. And also, fat people get skinny. <laughs> also... Like, like, shut up, he's a kid. And he's just having a good time. Who are you to shit on some kid's dream, you horrible person? Someone who hates kids. Yeah. I heard the door open behind me, and the person that showed me in said this way. Handed me my cassette as I walked past him. I was utterly crestfallen, so incredibly shamed about my body. My dreams dashed everything that I thought I wanted. Every possibility of my future that I'd imagined vanishing in the space of about three minutes. And no one ever heard from him again. Mm. <laughs> I mean, the argument could be, because I made this argument about it, obviously. Yeah. You know, you could blame this man, or you could say this is the man who shaped him into the entertainment powerhouse. <laughs> perhaps perhaps you wouldn't have Osh's podcast this is the, without it, this man. Are you perhaps saying you wouldn't have, you know, this is the, the Bachelor Sh- without Siobhan, this man. Siobhan Chuk yeah, of, exactly. of Osh's life? The inciting incident. The person <laughs> who said no. 
It actually, in every sort of you know documentary about somebody, biopic. you've always got to have that person who told him it was never going to work out for him. They're never going to play this sort of noise on the radio. Uh, we should wrap it up because we need to get to our yes. letters segment for our Patreon subscribers. That's right. We're doing a new segment where we do letters only for our Patreon subscribers because we've got such a backlog. It's actually the best way to support our show is to pay, be a Patreon subscriber. There's heaps of great heaps bonus of bonus, content. Heaps bon- of bonus. 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 <laughs> Woo, dude. Bonus <laughs> content. Bonus <laughs> productions. Bonus content, dude. <laughs> there's videos. There's uh, great comic strips. Lots of Fosdikes art. I mentioned last week uh, I've been trying to get the Instagram up to date. I want to put all the Fosdikes up there so there's going to be like a great catalogue of all these artwork. All but the it does mean if you follow Tofop on Instagram you're going to get, get maybe mute Tofop. No. Because no? they're all great. Okay. Why when, Why would you care even about your your feed being flooded by James Fosdike's amazing art? It reminds you of those episodes. You can go and catch ones that you haven't listened to. I think I'm talking more re-listen. about like my wife who's like, oh God, can you please stop yeah. posting? So just get her to mute it rather <laughs> yeah. than telling, telling our entire, entire audience. <laughs> It's kind of counterproductive. Yet another great Charlie Clawson scheme for growing our audience. I'm going to put up more content, but please mute it so that you don't see it. Well, Jim actually said to me, she's like, oh, you might just want to break those up a bit so you don't bombard people with artwork. I don't think well, there's going to be a lot of people who likes, follow Tofop who... Who don't want the artwork. Who don't want apart the Apart from my wife. Yeah, apart from your wife, who only follows out of obligation. She's not listening. All right. Um, yeah, so that's the best way to support the show is on Patreon. Have you got shows to promote? Mm-hmm. Uh, I am on tour. Adelaide Fringe, Will Informed, and then Melbourne a Comedy Festival, two weeks of Will Eagle, 10 shows. Uh, last time doing that in Victoria. And then, of course, uh, after that, I'm going to do uh, 10 shows of What You're Talking About, Will, my completely improvised stand-up show. So come along and see one or both of those things during the Melbourne International Comedy Festival and other dates on sale at the moment all around the country. And I have another podcast with the letter writer in question. Moshia. Moshia in Burbs. In Burbs. <laughs> Moshia in Burbs uh, called Dad Pod. It's a parenting podcast. Now, I think by the time you hear this, we've taken a little, we're on a little break. We did oh. what we decided was our... From, have, from being parents? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're moving away. <laughs> it's really hard. Uh, no, we uh, decided we're going to break Dad Pod into seasons, just to sort of give Good the, idea. give the give the episode some kind of overarching story. So we've just taken a little two week break. We may be back by the time, but if we're not, there's plenty of episodes to check out. So that's Dad Pod with Charlie Marley Flawson <laughs> and Moshya Inburbs. I'm Charlie Clawson. <laughs> I'm Will Anderson. <laughs> This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you.